All right, everybody. Welcome to the Future Money Show. This is episode one. Uh, today, we have a really good episode for you guys. We talk about OpenSea uh, and then potentially going public. Uh, we talk about NFTs and Gary Vee making a bag. We talk about Peloton, what's going on with that company, uh, the metaverse and Ledger. And we talk about the current state of the market and what we think everybody should be doing right now and looking at. And at the end, we end with some good advice. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm sure everybody could benefit from it. First, we're going to do a little intro on ourselves before we start the episode. So I'll begin with myself. My name is Paul. I've been in finance for like two, three years. I'm relatively new, but it's something I'm really interested in. I probably started getting interested in finance with my dad. He's a really prominent figure in the real estate industry. So that's always been an interest of mine. I'm currently in university studying finance, and I should be finished with that pretty soon. Very soon, I will be rich in crypto. That too. I've been... I've been investing in crypto recently. That's my new thing in the last year. So I'm very interested in crypto um, and, and and all things Web3. Uh, so we'll be talking a lot about that in this in this podcast. And lastly, I do day trade Forex. I manage some capital doing that. Uh, and I enjoy that a lot. But that aside on who I am, I think it's important that you guys know why we started this podcast. The reason we started it is because we wanted to bridge the gap between old money and new money, right? Old people and younger people, because in, in the past, finance has really been a, a, a older person's game, right? When you think of someone in finance, it's always been people who are old, who have gone through college and decades of experience in the, in, in the banking industry or whatever. But in our current world, in the last probably five years, it's really been switching to where it's more of young people, you know, 18 to 30 year olds who really understand some, some of where the world is going and where our finance is going in, in the Web3 world. And I, we kind of wanted to bridge that gap and kind of provide a perspective from our point of view as young people. I'm 22, and you know I, I really don't think 22-year-olds in the past have been interested in finance. So it's, it's something that I think a lot of people are becoming interested in nowadays, and I think there's a lack of perspective. And that's what we're trying to give. Um, so yeah, that's me. Uh, give it over to DQ. I think 22-year-olds back then were into something else. But yeah, maybe a little bit of something else. I would, I, would just, I would just leave that where that is. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. I'm DQ. Paul said it. Uh, we're sharing a vision here, honestly. Uh, a little bit of background as my, of myself. I, too, am extremely interested in finance, innovation, basically anything where smart money goes. Crypto cryptos where where my heart is right now. It has been for the last five, six years. I guess how I ended up here is like my parents as well. They're very into finance and very prominent in what they do. And I've just always had a fascination about when it comes to money. So that's 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 my thing as well. I just want to give my perspective and my experiences in the market. And like Paul said, they're trying to bridge that gap. So our goal is to help everyone you know understand that might not understand or give a perspective that you might be able to relate to better than listening to your parents or your grandparents talk about finance because it's a different time right now and that yeah that's just our goal with that being said we got a really good episode so i hope you enjoy it this is the future money show we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. Um, the first one I want to talk about is OpenSea. So their CFO, Brian Roberts, he he basically came out and said that OpenSea was considering going public and going that model to raise funds. They're like a super profitable company. They they I think they make around like 55 million or so in revenue every every month. They're like um, the biggest for NFT platforms, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, that's until probably Coinbase, but who knows? <laughs> um, but he basically said they're going to come out and go like the traditional route of going public, or it's just a thought. He didn't say they were going to do it, but they thought about it. And they had huge backlash from like the whole community because I guess the idea is that um, in Web3, right, this is like a new company, like a new, uh, a new company that is in this new Web3 world and all of its customers and followers, right, uh, and investors are kind of want them to take like a web three approach to it. Right. They, they thought maybe they create a coin to raise funds instead of going public because it kind of just 
takes a dump on on like web three if they go the old route to just appeal to like these investors right in the stock For market sure. like 100 um, percent. i don't know what do you think about that do you think it, some of these companies in these this web three world might not ever enter the stock market or uh personally i think that would probably be the better way to go when you're talking about like innovation purposes because i think it was like april was it april may of this year coinbase listed publicly as well and like people thought oh their stock's gonna go crazy but that like plummeted like as soon as it got listed but i mean that's because all the people that bought it pre-listing dumped it as soon as as soon as it went public but then it I mean, from an for innovation standpoint, yeah, I for sure think that going the old traditional way is counterproductive to what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if Coinbase did it, I'm not sure why OpenSea's community was so upset about it. Oh. I feel like because OpenSea is more for your, you know, your artists, and I mean, yes, you have like the whole like marketing aspect and the selling aspect of it as well, but Coinbase is trying to basically make an A to Z for everything, like a complete marketplace where you can exchange coins and so on and so forth. I mean, for Coinbase, it wouldn't be bad because what they're trying to do is make everything central through them because the Coinbase wallet is even forming a partnership with Ledger. You know what I mean? Like, so you can do everything there. Like, it's the easiest exchange to get on. You have a pro platform and a standard platform for everybody um, to do stuff on. I mean, the only thing is it crashes every single time we have a run up, but, yeah. but I mean, like it, it's so easy for people that don't know anything about crypto. It's the easiest place to go. So if you integrate an NFT platform and to be honest, more people know about NFTs and are heard more about NFTs and they've heard about like your traditional coins. So, I mean, if it's on a platform like that, it's easy, easy to get, to get involved. Yeah. I know Coinbase doesn't Coinbase kind of, um they work in in cahoots with like the u.s government right they're trying to kind of be the the exchange you know like for the u.s and the world and i I know well i guess binance is kind of big and is bigger in the rest of the world huh it's like coinbase Uh, in the u.s and binance everywhere else so i would say i coinbase in the u.s yeah coinbase is big in the uk as well but to be honest it's crypto.com is one of the bigger ones and ftx ftx is probably the next bigger one the reason why i i love binance i've used binance for years but binance is under a ridiculous amount of scrutiny they don't even have a home right now like binance has been targeted by the sec in almost every single country that they're a part of dang it it is one of the coinbase yeah. I know Coinbase is like work. Don't they work with the SEC, right? Like they, they're following all these regulations. Yeah, I think they work. We have the SEC, the OCC, those kind of guys that work with them quite well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I mean, I've seen crypto.com. I'm obviously the crypto.com arena. That's the biggest thing yeah, that's happened recently. Massive. And yeah, I, I, I didn't even heard of crypto.com until then, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty big, but I know like crypto.coms for me, like personally, their biggest selling point for me was their debit card. So hmm. like, I know FTX has one too. I think FTX also owns the Miami heats arena as well. That's FTX yeah, arena. Really? So it's like, it's crazy. And then you see them doing commercials with Steph and Tom Brady, and they're like targeting every single sports. They're they're pretty big. Like you see Coinbase's footprint, their crypto.com's footprint, FTX's footprint. Like they're they're all over the place. Do you see a world in the future where all of these exchanges exist together? Or do you see more of one taking over? How can I say this? To me personally, how I how like how I'm gonna approach this question, and people might not agree with me, but this is just my personal opinion. Um, you know, like how you have Bank of America, you have Wells Fargo, you have fifty different banks, right? I feel like the exchanges are gonna coexist in that kind of way. So you know, Bank of America and Wells Fargo and Chase are like your three big banks. So you'll have FTX, Coinbase, and Crypto.com will most likely be that like the crypto version of those and to me a lot of the correspondent banking is dying unfortunately because people are going to crypto so Mm -hmm. 
I feel like as we continue to push, if any of these exchanges manage to get bank charters or try to turn or any of these coins that companies try to turn into banks, then I mean, regular banking is going to have an issue. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I I see like just banking right now or banking in the future, I guess, with this whole new crypto and Web3 world. I don't know, man. Banking just seems like such a inferior way of going about it. Like the fees, the amount of time. But banks will literally not deposit your money after 2 p.m. because they get they make just a little bit more when they hold your money overnight so that they could deposit it in the morning. And if you if you expand that towards tens of millions of people, it's tens of millions of dollars. And it's just it's such a scam, like the banking system. It's it's in this web three world it's all that stuff might go away because we own you know the network or Mm -hmm. we own all this stuff bro it's 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 crazy to me because it's like okay i can get one percent interest or two percent interest on my savings account but i can download nexo and i can get eight percent on a stable asset guaranteed like yeah like it's it's ridiculous And it's crazy that like so many people don't know about it. Like literally I was looking at the statistics today. It's 96% of people don't even know what crypto is. What? 96%? 96%. Like we're such a small percentage of people that know about crypto. And that includes all of the hype and all the meme coins. So that doesn't even get me started on the percentage of utility assets. Like of what people. People probably have no idea. They don't, they don't know about it. It's, it's, it's insane. That actually shocked me. That's crazy. I, I I don't know. I guess I had a skewed view then of who I'm around. I always just, everybody knows about crypto around me. At least, or at least they know the word Bitcoin. You know, I feel like everybody knows the word Bitcoin. No. Nah, all right. So that, that's a little bit different because Bitcoin is a branding tool. You know what I mean? Like when people say crypto is like, they might, oh, what is cryptocurrency? I don't know. But if you say Bitcoin, oh yeah, I've heard of Bitcoin. Like that's like the most, most common thing that yeah, you hear. A common, sure. a common thing is they'll if somebody knows about crypto they'll be like uh i just don't see it replacing the dollar and then you'd be like you're missing like 99 percent of what like web3 is it's not about like a a currency per se you know honestly but um yeah okay well the next thing i kind of wanted to talk about was the metaverse and specifically Neuralink. Um, Black, Black Elon Musk came out. Yeah, Elon Musk came out and said that next year uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be putting those chips right into human brains. <laughs> uh, I think he said it's gonna first be uh, for people with like spinal cord injuries and like Alzheimer's uh, and stuff like that, right? Like the old old. Yeah, people. I think. Well, I think the first test is gonna be for people with who like can't move because of spinal problems. Um, but it begs the question. How far does this go, you know, with this whole metaverse situation? Does it go that far? I know it's going to be able to be attached to your phone via Bluetooth, which is blows my mind. Uh, do you think it's supposed to like allow your brain, it like measures your brain electro signals and can mess with them and cause you to do all sorts of things. And I can't imagine a world right in 20, 30 years where if people have these chips the metaverse doesn't get put into it in some way, shape or form. Like, you know, um, what if you could get like real sensations, you know, like from playing a game or literally black. (laughs) Yeah. Like real sensations. Like maybe like think about sex feeling better in a game than it does in real life. Something like that. Like (laughs) that's a problem. (laughs) It's not good. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to leave your house. (laughs) I know. Yeah. I, I don't. Do you know if he's said anything about whether it will be used for non-medical stuff? To be honest, I don't think someone like that would be able to come out and say that outright. But it would have to. Be I like mean, yeah, for sure. But I, I can only assume that it would be used for entertainment purposes. Like, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it honest, and I'm gonna keep it real. I'm not trying to get canceled or anything like that. But like. If you're going to be honest with yourself, two, three things that will never, ever go away in life is taxes, alcohol, 
your prostitution. Like, it, that's just facts. <laughs> like, it's never going to go away. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah. entertainment purposes, if, for example, especially because we have this pandemic going on, you don't want to go to a strip club, but I can go to the strip club in the metaverse. Like, and I can actually feel what's going on. Like, do it from the comfort of my own home. Not saying I go to the strip club, by the way. I, I, I don't. I'm a, I'm, a very, I'm a very good guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm a very good guy. But I'm just, I'm just saying, having to like think about it. Like, yeah, the easiest way to brand it and get it across, in my opinion, is for health benefits and to say that this will help people. But I mean, you also have to look at the flip side of it. Like, this is very scary when you really think about it because you, because you lose touch with your reality. But not only that, like, if you're putting that much control in someone else's hand over your own personal being as well, like you said, like you're subject to change and you don't know what kind of change is going to come with it. Mm-hmm. And and if you don't want to be a part of it, you're most likely going to become an outcast and seen as different. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. It's. I think, um, I know we've talked about this before, but I whenever I talk to someone who's a little older than me, who doesn't totally understand, or or let's, I shouldn't say totally understand, who doesn't have the same vision of where I believe the future is going. They think that there is no world. or I've talked to people who think that there's no world where your virtual life makes is more important than your physical real life. And I don't know. I just think I, I, you can already see it with our phones for sure like instagram bro, like and if yeah it, it just every year and every time some new tech comes out you get more ingrained and more deep into the virtual world and i don't see a, i don't see how in the future it doesn't just end up to be the ultimate like virtual life is where you make the most money it's where you have the most fun it's where you're able to hang out with the most people and be the most popular you're able to do all of those things better to where this real life world becomes not so important anymore. You know, like, it's funny that you mentioned that because, all right, just take the pandemic, for example. I've had the last, what, two years to really, like, build on this vision. And, like, now that we're both a part of this journey together, bro, I met so many people online that share the same vision that we share that I've never met, like, in person and some of those people have now become mentors. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm closer to them than I am a lot of my friends because they have more knowledge about where I'm trying to get to and they see where I'm trying to go. So I can only imagine the metaverse taking that to the next level where I could actually sit in and have a meeting with some of these people. And it feels like I'm meeting with them in real life. Even Bill Gates. Bill Gates said that most likely meetings are going to be transitioned into the metaverse where you don't actually have to yeah. physically leave to go anywhere. And that makes so right. much sense because there's uh, there's a video of like Mark Zuckerberg as well, like displaying like meeting rooms in within the metaverse. Like obviously the animation looks terrible right now at the moment, but if this is something that is going to be developed and go on and go on and go on, like of course it's going to be insanely crazy. It'll be like GTA on steroids when it's yeah. ready. It just make that just makes sense, you know, like business meetings over online. That- like, why wouldn't you do You could probably be so much more productive as a company if For imagine sure. you have all your employees, you know, and your big executives all in-house and they can all have meetings across the entire world with people. You know? No, exactly. It's time efficient, cost efficient, everything. I mean, and even like you said, like, because we grasp it and I mean, this is going to sound bad, but I don't think like, because the older generation have like this old money mindset versus us like we we're in the time of like you know web3 internet of value like literally everything when it comes to money you can make on the internet like yeah trying to have this conversation with our parents is very hard to do because it's not like they don't want to understand they just can't grasp the concept like this is the way that the world is headed yeah it's it's definitely the way the world is headed in my head when like some some new tech like let's say nfts that have like a million different applications right across stuff something like nfts become mainstream or very popular like six months ago and now you have nike 
saying already has the trademarks for stuff to sell in the metaverse as NFTs. You have like so many different companies. You have Facebook changing their name to Meta, bro. Like all this stuff happens so fast. And it's because these tech companies are, they, they can see it. You know, they, they see where the world's headed and they see how much money people are making. Like, uh, like Gary Vee, for example, bro. Like how many, com- he made $91 million in one month. Like how many companies have to go public just to get that kind of capital you know exactly like like companies struggle to get that kind of funding and he was able to do it in one month drawing some pictures on his on fucking paper it doesn't make it's 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 definitely where the world is headed yeah like don't even get Um, me started on nfts because like people really don't even understand but we could tap into that after yeah um yeah, you might be able to talk a little bit about that with Proppy. Um, it's a good, it's a good segue. Uh, in Sandbox, this is a this is in the past month. Sandbox just had the most expensive virtual real estate sale to date. It was four point three million dollars was paid for a land, a piece of land in Sandbox. And that, I mean, that previous, I think the previous one, I have it right here, it was two and a half million dollars, which was in Decentraland. Uh, that is a lot of money, bro, <laughs> for a piece of, of land in real estate. Bro, but, digital, digital real estate, bro. It's, it's digital it's, real estate. Bro, Poca City as well. Like, you can literally, like, there's a guy that literally makes $30,000 a month on virtual gas stations. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like so crazy. Buy, it's insane. Like you can buy a Lambo in the metaverse and rent it out. You can do whatever you want. Like literally, like and you're in your physical life, except it's a part of the metaverse. And yeah. you're making. I was real thinking money. about this today. That like we have our world, right? I, I had never thought of this before. This virtual real estate stuff came out, but we have our world, right? We have one Earth, and so real estate on Earth, you know, is valuable. Space on Earth is valuable because we have one of them. Well. What if you just created, which is what is they're doing, they created another world, right? Where in that world, things work a little differently yeah. <laughs> and stuff is valid. Like I know in Sandbox, your your um, land is worth more, you know, just like in the real life, if you're next to, you know, successful businesses that were built on land next to you or like the gas station you just said. Yeah, Whoever's sure. next to that gas station, their house went up in value a lot, or their their uh, their piece of land. And I get it, I get the idea, but I struggle with some of the risks. Like, for example, um, let's say you're in sandbox, right, and you buy land, and the the interest in sandbox goes away, right, and some new metaverse project comes out. Yeah, and it beats Sandbox. It's a little bit better, which yeah. is bound to happen, right? Uh, yeah. Someday, and the coin starts to go way down. Then everybody's real estate tanks. You know, uh, the whole metaverse tanks. Yeah, <laughs> that can't really happen in the in the world, right? Because in the real world, because we only have one of them. Well, um, if you're I, talking I know, real estate, let me say one more thing. I know yeah. the I know a lot of investors. They like in order to mitigate that risk. All of the different metaverse like universes that come out, they're just like buying real estate in all of them. So that For if sure. one of them goes away, then they're fine. I mean, real estate and real estate has this up and downs as well. I mean, right now the cycle is for sure. Like some people disagree, but real estate's been really good for what the last twelve years. It's it's overdue yeah. for that bubble to pop. So I mean, when you had that 08 housing crash, like you could buy anything you wanted for like dirt cheap. So, I mean, it'll probably be the same thing over again, kind of like the value of the metaverse going down. But the thing is that I would say to combat that, I agree with you 100% because we're still in that speculative stage. But the moment regulations come in and we say these are the only ones that are allowed because these are regulatory compliant, this is what we will back as a government. Like There will have to be government intervention. As much as we want to be decentralized, and I I want to be decentralized, obviously, I like my privacy, but 
at the end of the day, there has to be government inf- intervention in order for the innovation to go forward. So yeah, that makes sense. Whatever they would approve, because I mean, at the end of the day, Uncle Sam is going to get their tax. That's just how it is. So mm-hmm. however the regulations come about, whatever projects are remaining behind will most likely now become a stable asset. So yeah. if, if Sandbox is one of the chosen ones, it will be a stable stable asset afterwards. I mean, yeah, you'll have fluctuations in price due to inflation and other 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 things, but for the most part, it'll be somewhat stable. I see. So you're saying maybe you're saying that in the future you could see a, a world where some of these metaverse real estate things are very stable. But yeah. For sure. We don't live in that world yet. No, <laughs> That's what you're definitely so not. Maybe now is not the time to go buy some virtual real estate. I would say now is the time because we're so early. Like when you it's look true. at when you look at the space, the whole entire cryptocurrency because you're using crypto to buy it, right? So the cryptocurrency space right now is worth two point something trillion dollars right now. Compare that to the stock market, it's a drop in the bucket. Compared to right. commodities, it's a drop in the bucket. So we're so early if you're holding a very long-term perspective. I mean, you'll probably get better buying opportunities when the potential crash happens, which I believe is coming quite soon. But even if you buy it now and you're holding it long-term, you're still going to make a ton on your money. Yeah. I, I To be honest, I don't follow these. I don't follow Sandbox or Decentraland very much. So I don't really know if it's like you got to get, you got to pick. Do you think it's like you got to pick the one that gets big or you got to get lucky? I'm not going to lie. I didn't even think about Sandbox until you told me about it. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, it took off. Dude, I told you about it and it just took off. Bro, you made made me a decent amount of coin off of that because I, I, (laughs) I I didn't even know about it. I was buying Blocktopia. I got in. Uh, I got into Blocktopia when it was uh, like two cents, and I sold Blocktopia at twenty. So I made like made made nice. decent. Jeez. Yeah, easy. And then, uh, but then you told me you told me about Sandbox, and I was like, "Whoa, let me check this out real quick." And then I was <laughs> like, and then it just went crazy, and I was like, "Oh, dang. dang!" The thing about these coins, and I mean. If I'm identifying something that is useful, I try to steer away from hype. So for me, I'm looking at who built it, who's partners with it. Cause like, just like how Bill Gates was talking about meetings being moved into the metaverse, uh, I'm looking at what kind of metaverse does Microsoft want to hold their meetings in? You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's a good does, question. does Google want to hold meetings in, in Facebook's metaverse? You know what I mean? Right. Does <laughs> does BMW and Audi and Mercedes want to hold their pitch meetings in Facebook's metaverse, or do they want to hold it in Sandbox? Do they want to hold it in Blocktopias, like something like that? So, I mean, those are the kind of things I I look at when I'm trying to identify what might be the best one. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've never never thought about that. That when all these companies start doing this, where are they going to be doing it? Got to follow the smart which money. metaverse. Yeah, this. Okay, so I wanted to talk about Peloton. I know you don't, you probably haven't heard much about it, but you don't need to. It's this is just this was something else. Okay, so Peloton is their stock has just been really bad. It's just so bad. It's just been going down and down and down and down nonstop. I think last week it was like a fifty-two week low, and I thought maybe it'll bounce back. But have you seen Sex in the City at all? Or do you yeah. know? Do you know about it? I mean, I've never I've seen, seen it. I've seen it before, but apparently, spoiler alert for anyone watching, Sex in the City just had a premiere. If you don't want to hear about it, skip it right now. But there's the character, one of the main character, Mr. Biggs. Okay, he dies. He has a heart attack while he's riding a Peloton. Okay, and when that was premiered, the stock just tanked. It went so far. It went really far down. It has a new 52-week low. And they had to have a cardiologist literally come out and public speak to say that our bikes are safe. And you guys don't need to be worried about it because their stock got crushed after that got released. And my first thought was, 
I thought that was illegal. I, I, I thought you can't do that. It seems so fucked up to me that a, that a movie can come out, right, and just slap a, slap a brand on something in their show. And it causes real-life consequences for that company. I've seen I've seen something like similar to that, like, but it's not so much in the stock market. But do you ever notice, like, when you're watching a TV show and you have like a villain in a TV show, you ever gone through the like the actual actor's Instagram and see how much hate comments they get? What really? No, hey, I've never done that. So, like, one of my favorite TV shows is is Power, right? It's with a uh, Fifty Cent show, and Tariq St. Patrick is like the kid of like the master drug dealer, right? Now, because he's very shady and does some questionable things, bro, if you go on his Instagram, the amount of people that shit on his Instagram and like put hate comments under there, bro, it's ridiculous because it's like they feel like they're living like the real life. Like they feel yeah. like the people are their actual characters. So, I mean, I guess it's comparable to that in that kind of way. Yeah, it is comparable. I've actually, you know, I've seen that one time with 13 Reasons Why, where some of the bullies that like caused people to like kill themselves on the show. Some of the bullies got real death threats, like in real life, the actors. Yeah, bro, and it's like, like no, like, I'm not, I'm not actually, I'm not actually like this. I'm not like this at all. Yeah, they're like nice people, <laughs> bro. Um, but I don't know. I just thought with the Peloton thing, I felt like that was illegal. Like I, I, for example, I thought if you're gonna have a brand in your show or movie, you need to ask them, right? Yeah. Like, so did they? Did they ask? I, they couldn't have asked Peloton to do that. They would have definitely said no. Like, for sure that's, that's so i just thought that was illegal uh i don't know something about that just seems a little wrong to me the other thing i wanted to, to say uh this is this is about um so tiffany as a company you know tiffany yeah um they're okay they their stock is okay they but relevance wise they're not very relevant as a, as a brand mm-hmm. at least in my eyes uh, they haven't for a while and lvmh which is like a marketing team they they uh they put so what, how am i gonna say this okay tiffany collabed with patek you know patek the watches yeah. yeah yeah it's like the everybody knows patek watches they're like the one of the more valuable ones um, every every rapper sings about them yeah exactly <laughs> bro. well they tiffany um partnered with Patek and they were going to release this uh Nautilus one which is you know the one that every, all everybody knows about it's like a Nautilus uh watch and they said it was going to go for about excess of $50,000 that's what they said they said we're going to release this it's going to sell for excess of 50k and LVMH was their marketing team i believe and they decided to do it as an auction and at the auction, guess how much it sold for? <laughs> I'm gonna say two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand. Close, sixty one million. Jesus. Oh wait, no, not sixty one million. Six point five million. Six point five million dollars. Million dollars. Six point five million dollars. <laughs> it sold for. Yeah, so I, what, the reason I want to talk about this is because I think this is honestly one of the best marketing things ever, because. The reason it sold for six point five million was because it was like they auctioned it off, and there were a lot of big businesses and businessmen there, and so it was a charity event, which means okay, they could write that six point five million off of their taxes. Yeah, yeah. Right? For so sure. they, as as a marketing strategy, right? They do that for charity, and now those watches are going to sell for so much money. So oh, much yeah. money because that one just sold for six point five, even though some business dude is just trying to write it off his taxes. Oh, for sure. They didn't know how much it would sell for. They they said excess of $50,000, and it sold for $6.5 million. So, yeah. I don't know. I just think props to, to that team. Um, yeah, no, that's crazy. That's insane. That's, that's a... That's, that's I, I wonder if that's, like, the most expensive watch that's ever been sold. I, I wonder what the most expensive watch is. I, don't, I honestly don't think so. There's definitely... You think more? Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. Oh my God, fifty-five million! Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, that, sounds about, that sounds about right. A graph diamonds hallucination. Fifty-five million dollars. Um, that's insane. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Um, the current state of the market. 
Oh, let's talk about Ledger. Um, let's talk about Ledger. I, I have been fascinated by Ledger as a company. I'm like so sold on Ledger. Uh, I, I listened to a podcast recently that compared them to Google in the sense that Google allowed the access to the internet in Web2 to everybody. It kind of gave access to everybody. We could create a website. We could go and visit people's websites. Um, and it was it was an open source thing, right? You could go on Google and make a, a site. In the same way, it seems like Ledger is an open source software that allows all of these different crypto projects to integrate into it. And it, it kind of allows... Um, it kind of allows you to do everything all in one place. Um, almost. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, almost. Everybody. Is that a good description of it or, or am I yeah. messing it up? No, a hundred percent. It's, I mean, it's very, it's very, it's a very, very good place. I mean, it's your cold storage. You own your assets outright. Like there's no third, like not really, there's no third party or anything like that. You own whatever it is that you put on your ledger. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like that phrase that you put are your private keys. You are solely responsible for that, whether you want to put it in a safe, put it in a shoebox, put it in your pocket. But like you are 1000% solely responsible for your assets. That's putting a lot of power in your hands. Now, Mm -hmm. what Ledger is trying to do is they're trying to integrate now a card now that you can get so you'll be able to just use your assets straight out of ledger offline like i said earlier they're also integrating with coinbase wallet as well you can now exchange a lot of assets on ledger itself like on ledger's application you can now swap between assets which you weren't able to do a year ago but i mean you can do it now very easily without having to go through any centralized exchange you can just do everything while you're in application in-house yeah, I was about to say, I got mine probably, probably, no, it's probably less than a year ago, maybe like eight months ago. And the amount of stuff that they've integrated into their their software is insane. Like, I, they didn't have much. It was more just a storage place when I first got it. And that was literally eight months ago. And now they they have, they partnered with Paraswap. They have Wire on there. So you could swap your stuff, your your crypto um you can buy and sell you can stake within it you you can do pretty much everything within this one place and i think it just simplifies the whole web3 world like right now you have all these exchanges you have all these different wallets you have coins that have specific wallets that you can only hold them in like cardano for example like all my cardano's sitting on my yo roy light wallet and yeah. i'd much rather have it all in the same place all on ledger right which one day they'll, you know, Cardano will integrate in there, but um, it just makes sense to me that every the, they're going to be like the place that web. I think they're trying to create like a the place where everybody integrates into. You know, yeah. um, I think it's pretty cool. I, for for their debit card that they released, it's a debit card, right? Not a credit card. Yeah, it's a debit card. So it would be, from what I understand, it's like if you have crypto in your ledger and you swipe your card, it it will like real time convert it to like fiat. Yeah, but I'm not 100% sure exactly what, like how that's going to be structured, to be honest, because I think they're partnered Is with it? with someone. So I think you might have to have like a kind of like a checking account that you put certain crypto in and then it swipes because that's like Uphold. I don't know if you ever heard of Uphold, but like Uphold has a card as well that you swipe and you use your crypto assets, but you can select what asset you want to charge with. So huh. your XRP, your like So they're not the first your, ones to do this. Yeah, but um, Uphold is a centralized exchange. So let the, the difference in between these centralized exchanges having cards and Ledger having, card, having a card is Ledger is decentralized and a cold wallet. It's offline. So versus crypto.com has a card, Coinbase has a card, Uphold has a card, but Binance has a card, but these are all centralized exchange. And you know the phrase, not your keys, not your crypto, but Ledger, you own your keys. Right. So it's it's just different because it's all within your cold storage wallet. Yeah. And it's more very, very secure in comparison to a regular exchange. Yeah. Um, I know they have some... I listened to a podcast of the, one of the 
executives there. He was saying that this card, I, I know this last announcement they made over the past week was that the debit card, I know they also you know announced some different integrations that are going to be happening with different coins that people have been asking for. Yeah. Um, but he was saying that they got some really big things in the, in the, in the making, like in the next few months, they got some huge announcements that might change a lot of people's ideas of the web three world. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, yeah, it's a great company. For um, sure. all right. I think we can, we should talk about what's going on right now in the market. Um, Today I looked, crypto had been down a lot. Uh, my stocks are down a lot. <laughs> Everything's down a lot. Uh, so yeah, why don't why don't you give what your thoughts? What's going on right now? I I mean, me personally, I was a trillionaire for two minutes out of my life today. So I, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was a trillionaire, and I mean, no, I'm just messing. Uh, Coin market cap glitched across the board, like. Oh my gosh, like some assets are worth like 20 something million, like some are worth like, like a split something. second. Yeah, like something was worth like $750,000 for like one like <laughs> one share of something. Um right now, honestly speaking, so when Bitcoin was in its 60s and I saw it drop below 60, I told a couple people that if Bitcoin does not hold 52,000 that we're going to head to the downside, um, then we'll probably come back up to like the low fifties and then break back down. And that's what we're seeing right now, in my opinion. Um, I, I think you'll see Bitcoin go to 40 to 41,000. This is not financial advice. This is my personal opinion. Just saying, um, if, if Bitcoin breaks below 40,000, uh, it's going to be a prolonged cycle, in my opinion. As far as I have seen so far, there's a lot of fear in the market. And for me, as a person that's in the market a lot, um, the more fear is the best for me because that provides optimism to me. I, I usually try and do the opposite of what the market is doing personally because we're the general consensus of where the market is going is nine times out of 10 in my experience wrong. So people are like, Oh, Bitcoin going to hundred K Bitcoin going to hundred K. We're a lot closer to 20 K than we are to hundred K right now. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. Um, I think we'll see some more short-term bleeding for altcoins. I'm still not sure what direction Bitcoin wants to go. Uh, it, like I said, if it breaks below 40, then I think we're going to see some bleeding for, quite a bit longer uh there's a couple of narratives that you can go out there to say why this is happening i mean tether got slapped with another lawsuit so i mean that could be another reason why um but yeah i'm not too sure overall i am bullish on the market because uh in my personal opinion i've been i've been through two cycles now um and usually markets end with a euphoric blow off top because retail everyday people that don't have too much knowledge of the markets, they rush in, buy everything at tops, provides liquidity to the institutional investors and the experienced traders for them to get out. And then the retail investors are left holding the bag. So that hasn't happened yet. So I'm still optimistic right now at the moment. I'm not going to lie. I'm bleeding heavy right now. Yeah, me too. But I'm still optimistic long-term on the market. Okay. Uh, well, I guess you, you were saying there's a lot of fear in the market. That was something I wanted to focus on when we talked about what's going on right now because there is massive fear in the market right now that at least I can see. I, I was reading the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They just released their like numbers for you know rises in price. And I'm just going to read some of these off. It is insane. So... First of all, inflation came out came out higher than the expected at six point eight percent. So that's part of the reason why everything's going down, in my opinion. Um, usually, when that when inflation's higher, you'll see a dip. Um, yeah, for sure. But just listen to this: uh, twelve month changes in these prices. So over the last twelve months, gas has gone up fifty eight percent in the last year. Fifty eight percent. Rental cars thirty seven percent. Used vehicles thirty one percent. 
Hotel rooms, 21, 22%. Transportation, 21%. Used cars, 11%. It's just these prices in the last 12 months have skyrocketed. And it's causing a lot of fear in, in the market. And you're going to see that. Uh, every time these things get released, the stuff goes down. Just because the market doesn't necessarily move, in my opinion, on uh, the success of companies or the crypto per se. Yeah, they do, but it's largely driven by how the how everybody feels the market's going to react. Right? If there's a lot of fear, it's going to go down, and it prov- provides buying opportunities for us. And, yeah, um, I mean, and so I think right now there's a lot of fear. You could look at that as a buying opportunity, uh, and you might be right, but you know things could keep going down. You know, you never know. No, uh, for sure. But I mean, like like you've like you've told me before, you can never ever buy the bottom and you can never ever sell the top. That's just, that's just a fact. So I mean, right. like you have to dollar cost average your way in. And for, I mean, like for me, I've had a chance to dollar cost average in assets that I've been waiting months to get back into. So like, cause some of these prices have come back down. Like some of these prices are 50% off. Yeah. Like my black Friday sale was crypto. <laughs> like I was happy. <laughs> And then, like, right now, like, yeah, it, it looks really bad right now. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I think there needs to be more pain and more fear in the market before we see a reversal. That's just my personal perspective. I know people don't want to hear that, but that's what I think needs to happen. And I think the reversal would be quick. I think what's going to happen is people are going to be too late to get back in the market because people are selling off their positions. Now, even if the market continues to go down and it goes down heavily, 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 it makes no sense to sell your assets at this point because you're already down so much. You're selling at a loss. And I mean, like, no matter what market you're in, you should never sell at a loss. At least wait until right. it breaks even. That brings a good topic. I also think in December, I know the markets usually kind of go down a little bit because you have, I mean, I don't know about the crypto market per se, but I know in the stock market, there's a lot of tax loss harvesting in December. So you'll see some of these stocks go down temporarily um, just to avoid some taxes, you know, some of these hedge funds at least. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I definitely, that's just where we're at. I think. Um, Well, one thing that you said uh, that I think is important is uh, dollar cost average. That's what it was. Um, I think that's really important. Something that when I first started learning about investing and, finance i just wanted to get right in there and just i just took my money and bought the stuff i wanted to buy and that was a mistake um i absolutely should have dollar cost averages you know i'm still up because it's been a while it's been a over time i'm up but i think dollar cost averaging would have been a lot better especially with this crypto crash right now for sure the time i got in i i would still have money to be putting in right now versus i'm the, down so the thing is it's just I mean, like the best teacher is firsthand experience, right? So, I mean, now that you have that firsthand experience, I mean, that's kind of why we're doing this podcast because we're giving our experiences of of what we know. And hopefully, like, it can help some people that are going to be listening to this that want to get into these markets and, and they're, they're unsure of what to do. So, I mean, like, hopefully, like, some of the information we're giving can, can help some of these guys out. But, yeah, no, you're right, 100%. And we've had conversations about this kind of stuff, like just you and I talking about, like, how to get into these markets and how much to spend in dollar cost averaging. Uh, one thing I will say though, believe it or not. And I mean, no one can convince me otherwise. The amount of research that I do on a daily basis is like showing me this and I'm not being like stubborn or just say being biased to my information. It's just that you can see it when you put the charts up together. Like if you have like a dual screen set up at home, or even if you put your phone and your laptop next to each other, you can see the correlation between the stock market and the crypto market. When certain things happen in the stock market and, it, and the money starts to go down, like the crypto market will be affected right now. Like whether people right. want to say it's different or it's not, it it for sure correlates with each other. Yeah. yeah and for sure. look at the China Evergrande news when they defaulted on, on that debt. Like that caused a big tank in both the crypto market and the stock market as well. Yeah. Um. All right, well, this is would be a good place to do our ending segment. So I guess we'll introduce it because this is our first episode. Um, for sure, for sure. At the end of these episodes, we're going to um, give one piece of advice that we think uh, would be beneficial 
to whoever's listening. Maybe it's financial advice. Maybe it's life advice. I don't know. Something that we feel might be good to say because we are trying to make a positive impact with this with this podcast. And um, I guess I'll start. My mine would be we've been talking about you know fear in the market and what's going on and a lot of things that maybe people don't understand so well or have a good grasp of. Um, but if you want to get into investing, which I believe everybody should, um, just to be financially independent, I think it's just important to start and not worry about where the market's at, how much it's down, how much it's up. It's just really important to start and just get, get yourself in the market so that, you know, you have some skin in the game. I, I don't think waiting, especially if you're brand new to investing, you, the move is not to time the market or to try and understand it it's the best option is just to maybe dollar cost average the money you want to invest and just get in there you know um so that would be my advice is just just do that yeah um what about you i i i like that i'm not gonna lie um for me doing your own research is probably like the key thing because it's like Honestly, Instagram, especially TikTok, you have a lot of people that hype products because they're paid to do so. And like you will get caught holding the bag if you don't do your own research into these projects. Like for me personally, I am a utility maximalist. So I am very heavy, heavy into utility assets because I've done my research into those things. I find things that I feel that will be a necessity in the future. And, and I've been able to do that by doing the research. Cause you know, like in life, the more you understand something, the more confident you feel about it. Um, and keeping a journal, I keep a journal about when the market, how I feel when the market is up, I keep a journal of how I feel when the market is down and how I feel when the market is just trading sideways. Cause like I make realistic targets in my head for when I want to sell. Cause I don't overhold my assets and no one should, but um, it's it's good to see how you're feeling. That way, you know, when it approaches that time when you want to sell or you want to buy, you have a better idea every time and you're more confident in the decisions you're making if you're keeping a journal because you can always go back to it for reference. That, that'll probably I like be that. Nice. I should, uh, you're convincing me. I'm going to start doing that. I don't care. <laughs> it would be nice to, you know, I'm in, we're in pain right now. But it would be nice to read a little bit about a month ago when I was real happy. About but that, but that's, that's what I was saying. It's like I try to give myself like constant reassurance because I'm not going to lie. Like I didn't open my laptop for two days because I looked. I was like, this is not going away in two days. I'm going to take these two days off. I'm going to chill and then I'll come back to it when we're ready. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's a good place to end it. Thanks for watching, everybody. Make sure you subscribe, you like, hit the thumbs up button. Leave a comment down below. We really like suggestions on what we should be talking about. So if you guys want to hear about something uh, specific or there's some news event you want us to talk about, just let us know and we'll do yeah, that. Sure. Um, so yeah, thanks for watching, guys. Appreciate you guys.